Good morning, everybody. Today, Rizal Hashem will be learning Daf Samech Dalad in Maseches Gittin. Guys, we're in Parak Shishi now. Uh, you like the fifth Parak, Hanizak, and that was really good. Got very Baba Kama'i uh, with uh, Nizak, Mazik towards the end there. And also, you know, there's a controversy where, where this Parak HaOmer and Parak Misha Achzo, Misha Achazo Kardaikis. The next Parak, which we're going to learn next week, Bezrat Hashem. Uh, which, what the sequence is, maybe Misha Chazo Kardaikis is, is uh, first. Misha Chazo Kardaikis means a person was seized by delusion and then uh, divorced his wife. But be that as it may, we're going to be at the Mishnah on the bottom of Samach Gimelam and Bez, following the sequence, I believe, of the Yerushalmi. And the it, fascinating case is as follows. This is fascinating. Now, a woman tells somebody, she tells it, uh, somebody. It's basically a shaliach, right? Accept my get for me. Right? So she has an agent accepting the get on her behalf. She's and, so busy. She's got to go to work, you know? Okay, yeah. She's got a life and she's just, just accept the get on my behalf. <laughs> so now you have a fascinating question, right? She tells Chaim, uh, you know, she tells Rabbi Schwartz, accept the get on my behalf. Rabbi Schwartz said, I did it. But how do you know that he did it? Like, don't you need to have some sort of uh, some sort of proof that he did it? So I, I'm going to say it outside, so to speak. Uh, I'll, I'll explain the issue like this: We have something in uh, we have something called an impartial third party, right? An impartial third party is like, why would this guy lie? This is the uh, most balabatish way, the most elementary way to say. What Migo? Migo is like a nuclear lumdish term. But at the end of the day, if a guy has nothing to gain, right? If somebody has nothing to gain, that's what's called an impartial third party. So that uh, adds, that right, affords us a certain amount of believability, right? Why would he lie? Okay, so you have this impartial third party and he says, I received the get. On the other hand, what's the tension? On the other hand, this is... A very important consequence, right? The woman can now get remarried. These are Yisurim Do Raisa. So when you have such an important, uh, right, critical consequence, Ein Dover Sheva Erva Pachos Mishnaim. We already know that when it comes to these consequences, you need to aid him. So that's the question. What's going to win out here? This person's believability, which is very high because he has nothing to gain by lying, or the fact that we really need verifiable uh, proof from Adim. So the Gemara, the Mishnah says... Edim, you need Edim. Tzricha shtei kite Edim. She has to produce not one, but two pairs of witnesses. Why? Shnaim she'omer b'fanenu amra. First, we have to have verification from witnesses that she initiated this agency, right? Uh, that she wanted. And shnaim she'omer b'fanenu kibel vekara. And then another two to say that it actually happened. That, that in our presence, right, this shaliach accepted it, and then he tore it. We'll see why he tore it. The, the Gemara will say, that's a, like a detail. But he accepted it, is the point. And then the Mishnah points out that this is not really, when I mean, the language of the Mishnah sounds very specific, like two groups of Adam. It doesn't have to be two groups. Even even if the first and the second group are, are one and the same, the point is that we just need these two aspects verified, that she initiated the Kabbalah and that it happened. Right, even if it's the same pair of Adam telling us both of those things, we basically what the mission is trying to say is we need testimony to both of those things, even if it's the same 
Edim, or as the Mishnah continues on Samach Talad Rabbi Aleph, O Echad Minarishonim, Echad Minachronim, Echad Mitzarfimayim, or you write, you'll have three people, one aid joining two other guys, right? So you'll have, right, Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. Avram and Yitzchak will uh, testify that she initiated the Kabbalah, and then the same Avram and yeah, and then another guy, Yaakov, will testify that. Uh, it actually was passed along. This will constitute Adis, enough of an Adis to, uh, enough of an Adis to say that yes, this acceptance of the get actually happened. So now, the Gemara is going to say, by the way, why do you need an Adim that she actually initiated it? I mean, it's, uh, so we'll see. We'll see. Right? It, because again, if there was no agency, if she didn't ask to, to, for the get to be received, so then it's not really received on her behalf. So really, every element of this acceptance of the get has to be has to be accounted for and testified about. So now, now the Gemara asks like this: Itmar, we learned Baal Omer Lepikadon. Let's say the husband says that I gave this get to the third party, not as a shaliach to initiate gerushin to initiate the divorce, but I gave it to him just to hold on. He said, "You know what? Hold on to this. I might need it later, but." Hold on. In the meantime, safekeeping. I'm not using the get for Gershon. Okay. The shalish. The shalish is the literally three, right? Impartial third party, Andrew. The shalish, Omer le Gershon. He says, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Right? So his testimony is that, no, the Baal gave it to me as a shaliach to divorce. Me, Naaman. Who do you believe? That was a machloka. So, Rufun Amar Baal Naaman, Verachist Amar Shalish Naaman. Right? Ravuna says you believe the husband to say that I only gave it to safekeeping and there's no divorce here. Ravchista says that you believe the shalish, right? You believe the impartial third party. It's amazing, right? Okay. Um, Rashi adds a point here when he says, Balam on the first Rashi in the Gemara, he says, the shalish says, the uh, they're both in the same city. We'll see why the man and the woman, in this particular case, the husband and the wife, as it were, uh, are in the same city, why that's relevant. Uh, he gets that from the uh, following Hamshach of the Gemara. But again, explaining to you outside, what, what's the Gemara getting at here? They have the impartial third party. According to Rav Chista, the impartial third party is believed. So, again, there's no, we don't see any witnesses in this case, so let's see how this is working out. The Gemara is going to explain the rationale of both sides. Why would the husband be believed? Why would the impartial third party be believed? So Ravuna Amar Baal Naaman says the Gemara that Ravuna says the husband's believed the Imisa Legerish and Yeah, because the the power is in his hand. If he had wanted to divorce her, he could have just given her the get himself. So this definitely gives a lot of power to his claim, right? If I could go right, if if one could go and give the get right now. So then that really, right, solidifies this claim that he had given a get. He didn't have to give it to the shaliach, to the shlish, right? He could have given it to anybody, like to his wife directly. And therefore, that ability uh, gives him great credibility when he says that this is what he wanted to do, to give it for Gershon, right? Diladi does, continues the Gemara, to make that point, right? He could have given her the get himself, right? And so... He had the power to do that all along. And so, really, his intention, when he says what his intention is, 
should carry the day, according to Ravuna, because he has the ability, right? There's nothing stopping him from giving it to her directly, and therefore it should be believed when he says that that's his intention. Okay. Now, uh, okay. And that's why the Baal's Neman to say that it's Pikadon, right? Again, right? Because the, the husband's not claiming that he did divorce her. The husband's claiming that he gave it to him as safekeeping, right? So, so in other words, the very fact uh, that he didn't give it to her should in its own right be some form of indication of the fact that he, his intention wasn't to divorce her. He could have divorced her at any time. And this, we're already seeing why Rashi may have said that they're in the same city, right? And with Rechista, it even makes more sense. But the point is, if they're in the same city and he could have, she's next door, or they're living in the same house, he could have just given her the get. You know, giving her to a third party is in its own right an indication of the fact that it's not really being given as a get, but as a pikadon. Okay. That's Rafuna's uh, rationale. However, Rafchista Amar Shalish Neman, Rafchista is going to say, you believe the impartial third party, Daha Himne. Yeah, because the husband trusted him, right? Almost like giving him right to make that call, right? In other words, the husband made himself very vulnerable to the whims of this third party. So what Chista is saying is, right, he gave this third party so much trust. You have this, so to speak, nuclear document, right? The document changes everything, right? All of a sudden, the status for everyone has changed, um, right? She can remarry, right? Everything... Like, everything gets triggered by this document with, once the divorce happens. The status of everyone changes. And so <laughs> when you hand this document over to somebody, you better believe that they, you trust them. And at that point, it's almost like you're implicitly handing over trust that whatever this guy says, that is going to be the reality. So it's a fascinating idea of Rechista that, that the impartial third party is invested with the power invested in him, is invested with so much trust that anything he says must be true. Okay. When does she get the Ksuv? Uh, no, no, no. This is not, uh, that, that's a good question, but it's not uh, the question. Right now, certainly she's not going to get the Ksuv until we determine whether she's divorced or not. Right? Once we determine that she's divorced, he's going to be on the hook for the Ksuv. Oh, but, yes. that's when the Ksuv kicks Right. But right now oh, we're just. So that's why we got to trust that because you can. The could be worth a lot of millions of dollars, you know? Right, so it's really one of, like, like what's is saying, that's really one of the things it's, that's yeah. triggered. I mean, there's, there's, like a, there's issues of mumminess, and there's issues of Isser Vahetar, which we consider to be even more profound, uh, as we will see, right? There's issues here, there's monetary consequences, and there's family consequences, you status really consequences. Kill over this, right, you know? so this is a massive thing that can move mountains. So, yeah, so you have to really know whether you're trusting this third guy that, that right, because you don't have the classic husband handing it to the wife, so you have to understand, do we believe this third guy or not? So, Machlokas. So, Masiv Rabbi Abba. Rabbi Abba challenged Ravuna. Again, Ravuna says that the husband's believed. So now Rabbi Abba is going to give us a bright that's going to teach you that you almost always believe the impartial third party. Says the Gemara, Hodas Baldin Kameyayadim Dami. This is a famous concept. That when admission from a baldin, if you have, let's say, two litigants and, and, and somebody says, uh, I say Andrew owes me $100, and Andrew says, yes, I do. So obviously that's already, we believe Andrew, he's the baldin, he admitted it. So that's like 100 test, uh, right, uh, witnesses coming. 
And an additional halacha from the Brisa says the Brisa continues Vishalish Neem on Mishnehem. A shalish, an impartial third party, has the most believability in, in, in the case of either litigants. Why? Because he's an impartial third party. <laughs> Ketzad, what would be a case? I say something, Andrew says something else. Shalish Neemon. An impartial third party says, look, this is what happened. He has nothing to gain or nothing, right? So we believe him for that reason. Now, this is all a long way of saying, Andrew, this is a Bryce is saying, we always believe a, we always, we always believe an impartial third party. He has great believability. So how can Ravuna say, right, that you believe the husband, again, you have an impartial third party holding get, and he says it was given for Gershon. The husband says, no, 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 I just gave it to him to hold on. How can you say, we have Bryce's that say that you always believe in a partial third party, even over the husband, says the Gemara, shiny mamon, the mechila, that money is different. We could, al- we could always, right? In other words, even though Garanowitz pointed out that there's a monetary consequence to Gershon, but there's also Isser Heter consequences, which are even more intense. If it were only about the money, Garanowitz, we would believe the impartial third party, because we could always retrofit the truth to what he says, meaning, money is just money, Goranowitz. He could say, oh, you know, even if I owe it to you, I meichel it. You can always move it around, retrofit the reality to this impartial, right? Yeah, (laughs) right, nobody's meichel money. Uh, Okay, that's true, kosher money. But theoretically, theoretically, you could be meichel money. It's a great point. The point of being of the mechila, I mean, Isyachi of the mechila. There's a Rashi here. He's saying she'im machla. Yeah, in the in the case that somebody for some reason would be mochel money, it would be in fact considered mochel. Money, what woman mochels money? No, no woman. Right, no but even though, as Goranus points out, people are usually not mochel money since money could theoretically be mochel. Here's the point, Goranus. The milsa to isura, as Rashi concludes, The point is, when it comes to Isser Veheter, you can't be Meichel whether you were divorced or not. That's a matter of, that, that reality can't be changed. But the reality of money changing hands can theoretically be changed, right? You can theoretically be Meichel it. And therefore you can retrofit the truth to what your claim is, right? So Rav so says, right, it's not We'll see. Rav Chisda is going to say it's it's just about the Nehemonis of the third party. But Rav Huna is going to say no, that you believe, right, the Baal, because when it comes to money, you're going to believe the impartial third party, as the Brisa says. However, right, when it comes to, right, when it comes to, what's implied here is that when it comes to Isr you as Rashi says, you cannot retrofit the reality. The reality is what it is. We have to figure out what actually happened for his, since it's not subject theoretically to any mechila, we have to, we cannot believe an impartial third party and just retrofit the reality to that, um, to that claim of the impartial third party. We have to find out exactly what actually happened. However, the Bryce, the Gemara asked, yeah, but the Bryce explicitly said that this is also true of Gittin, that you also can trust the impartial third party for Gittin. So it says the Gemara, Gite Maman. When it says Gittin, it means monetary Gittin. Because we know the word Gittin, we're learning Gittin, we know the word Gittin can be referring to um, also not only Gite Nashim, which is the most classic usage of it, but it also can mean monetary document. So it's referring to a monetary document. So the Gemara, yeah, but then Vahatanya, the Bryce continues to say, Vahen Lishtaras. 
So, so there's a bris that says v'chein l'gidin, and the bris says v'chein l'shtaros. So if shtaros means monetary documents, for sure, because that's the most common colloquial use of the word shtaros is monetary documents. So if shtaros means monetary document, why does it say both shtaros and gitten? Gitten, in that case, must mean, right, that it's referring to actual divorce bills as well. It says the Gemara, midi gabi tanya? Were these two taught in the same b'risa? No. The answer is it was not. It's rhetorical. The point is like this. That when it's, if it had said, v'chein l'shtaros, v'chein l'gitin, in one b'risa, then yeah, gitin would have to mean a document of divorce. But because it says it in two separate b'risas, so we'll just reinterpret, so to speak, both. We'll assume that both when it says gitin in one b'risa and when it says shtaros b'risa, in both, in a separate b'risa, in both cases, referring to monetary documents, which is to say, only when it comes to money do you believe the impartial third party, but in Isra Vahetar, perhaps you'll believe the Baal, as Rav says. Okay, but what about our Mishnah? Now we bring it to our Mishnah. Don't we say in our Mishnah, the followers, Ah, wait a minute. In our Mishnah, we say that what, Andrew? That she needs two Edim, right? She says, she's claiming that she, she got it. She, she asks, well, she asks the shliach to accept it for her, okay? So now, why don't we believe that shliach? Isn't he the impartial third party? Isn't that what's going on here? The question is, this shalish neman, this impartial third party, is so highly believed. So what's our Mishnah doing here telling us that we need not one, but two sets of Edim? Isn't this third party believed, right? So it quotes our Mishnah. It's saying that you need the two sets of aiding, one to say that she initiated the getting and the other to say that it was actually done. Why am I? Why does our Mishnah go through such lengths of verification with witnesses? Go to the guy, the agent, and ask him. He's an impartial third party. He's got nothing to gain. Don't we believe a shalish? So the fact that it doesn't say that sounds like it's connected, right, the, right, the sheet that, that you believe a shalish, right? It sounds like Baal Neman, sounds like Ravuna. Says the Gemara, Here in this particular case, the get was ripped up. The literal translation of the question is, is he holding a get that he can produce that we should believe him? No, he's holding a torn get. And therefore, for that reason, we don't believe his claim. Okay? As Rashi points out, I'll say it outside, for a third party to be believed, uh, you have, he has to be holding a whole get uh, in his hand. Because as we uh, already said, he is believed by virtue of this like lumdish idea called Migo. Migo means he has nothing to gain. And it also means that he can make a claim like I'm holding this get in my hand, right? It's more than just having nothing to gain. It's having nothing to gain and also holding it in his hand, which is to say, yeah, I could give it to her right now. Like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And therefore, and therefore, and if I wanted, I could have just given it to her, right? So basically he has every, uh, every way to back up his claim. There's nothing to hold him back from making his claim a reality. And he has nothing to gain. So this combination makes him extremely believable. But when he's holding shreds of get in his hand, so now he, does, he loses that aspect of power to make, effectuate his claim. And therefore, and therefore he's going to... <laughs> And therefore, we're no longer going to believe him. It's a different case. So in our Mishnah, it is for that reason. In our Mishnah, we need witnesses. We can't just believe the third party just because of impartiality. Uh, at the end of the day, he doesn't have the power to effectuate his claim. So, Tainach Amar Kiba. Of, of the deception? What are we afraid of? 
Right, so wait, so Tainach Amra, so that explains why she has to make witnesses to confirm that she told him to accept it. Why does she have to have a second set of witnesses, asked Lumara, but he actually got it? The, because, again, he obviously got it. I mean, the get might be torn in his hands, but it's already in his hands. In other words, this is the craziest thing, Goranos. Why does he have to prove with Adim that he received the, that, that she received the get? He's holding it. So the Gemara, Amar Rabba Hamani, who's... View is this, Rebbe Lazarhi. The Amar Eidem Asira Karsi. Rava brings it in, right? We're always going to retrofit Eidem Asira, Eidem Hasima. Rava's explaining that Eidem Asira Karsi is a very specific thing. It's not Naamonis. It's that we need to Eidem to activate the get, right? Eidem Asira Karsi means that the witnesses who have to watch, right, the delivery of the get in order to, right, activate the actual uh, uh, effect of the get. If that's the case, so then, so then you need witnesses for that reason. Okay, so that's why we say kibe. Those are the Eid Masira that we're talking about. In other words, the get has no value unless you have Eid Masira. Okay, well, once you hold like Rabbi Lazar, the get has no value unless you have Adim that witnessed the actual handing over the get. So then it can't be a shredded get. You have to witness the actual handing of an actual whole get. So, so that's fine. So now the Gemara asks as a side question, Karalamali, why does this get have to be torn? Why is Amisha saying the gets get torn? Yeah, this was a, this was a side point. It's not like a religious ceremony or halachic reason. It's a reason that had to do pragmatically. They didn't allow, right, uh, Jewish divorces in those days. And so you had to like rip up the evidence. Uh, like it was like they put it in the shredder after they did the gittin in order to avoid the, the, Right, secular authorities from right from retribution, but it had nothing to do with any halachic thing, and that's why the get was in shreds. But that was a pragmatic reason that made it common in the Chorban. Uh Yomi coincidence made the base of Mikdash be rebuilt from here. Okay, so I'm a rabba. Ravuna. So, so let's hear Moder Ravuna. Now again, right? So Ravuna says that what that the Baal is Naaman. That normally you believe the husband if he says that I gave it for safekeeping. However, Mother Ravuna, he would concede that if the wife said, interesting wrinkle. If the wife says that this third party actually told me that the husband gave it to him for purposes of divorce, then she's believed. So that's fascinating, right? That if you have the husband pitted against the, the, the Baal, Ravuna would say we believe the Baal. But if the woman says that the husband, that this shaliach gave it to me, then you believe her. Wow. Over the Baal. Why? Because, first of all, the, the Gemara spells out the fascinating aspect of this case, that the impartial third party is not believed, and yet the woman would be believed for the same claim over the Baal. Why? So the Gemara says that can't be exactly what it means. Yeah, the case would have to be, and again, now we see why they're in the same city. The case would have to be that the husband gave the get to the impartial third party in my presence, right, for Gershon. Okay, so Mehemna, if she says that, then she's believed. Why? If she wanted to, she could have said that the husband gave directly to her for divorce, right? And, and that, okay, he happens to be holding it right now, but she could have lied and said that this, was, this get was given to me. A woman is believed to say that she received a get, Andrew. And since a woman is believed, as we've seen, to, to, to say that she, that she received a get, she is also, because of that 
sort of like, right, uh, technicality, she's also believed to say that the Shaliach received the get. Fine. Okay. Now, 11 lines up. Baal Omer Legerishin, Vishalish Omer Legerishin. So now, this is a case, fascinating, where everybody's agreeing, okay, that, right, we're not, we had Machlok Safunan and Rav Chista where the Baal says, I gave it for safekeeping, and the Shalish said I, that he gave it to me for Gershon. What if both of them agree <coughs> that it was Legershon? What's the problem? And she also says she gave it to me and the get, and it was lost. So now you don't have a get anymore. So everyone is coming, the Baal, the, the impartial third party, the woman, they're all saying, hey, Rabbi, uh, we're divorced, and Shprinza wants to get remarried. So the rabbi says, okay, where's the get? And they said, we lost it. Okay, but nobody disagrees that it was given for Gershon. They just can't find the get. So Amr Rabbi Yochanan, the great Gadol Paskin, have a Dover Shabba the Ein Dover Shabba Pachos Mishnaim. Despite the fact that they all agree, you need to have witnesses, okay? This is a Dover Shabba as Goran says, massive consequences, and you can't just say it without producing the get. Says the Gemara, but am I? The Hymn of the Shalish. Really, we're going to ask about all three of them. All three of them should be believed, but we'll start with the impartial third party. Shouldn't we believe the impartial third party that the get happened? So for him, we throw him out because he's not holding a get, and therefore he loses that aspect of the Migos we discussed before. And impartial third party is believed if he can effectuate what's going on, but he can't. And so since the get is no longer in his hand, we do not believe him. Fine. So then the Gemara continues, says, Maybe we should believe the husband. Right, we already have a statement in the name of Rabbi Yochanan that a Baal who says that he divorced his wife should be believed, right? Even in the absence, presumably, of a, of a get. So why don't we believe him? So the Gemara says, Did he say I divorced her? No, that wasn't the claim. Listen carefully, Andrew. He only claimed that he gave it to the Shaliach, right? So what we don't know is whether the Shaliach actually delivered the get. Ah, oh. So since his claim is not that he divorced her, that he would have been believed, but he just said he gave it to Shliach. We still need verification that it was actually right, delivered, and since we lack that verification, it's not enough. So we'll need Adam. Wait a minute. But don't we have, the Gemara says, on that point, don't we usually have a concept that we assume that a Shliach, an agent, did his Shlichus? As follows. Don't we usually have a concept that says a Chazaka, an assumption that a Shliach does his Shlichus, right, carries out, what he was asked to do. Uh, we have a case where a person says to, um, to a person, you know what? I'm in the mood to get married. I've been single long enough. Marry anyone. Just be me. Find somebody nice and it'll be good enough. Sends him off on his way and they find out the guy was found uh, dead in a coffee shop, right? Like three months later. So wait a minute. Did he do his shlichos or not? We don't know. So now he can't marry anyone because any woman that we were going to marry might have been mekudeshes by this guy. And that is based on the fact that we have an assumption that Shliach does his Shlichus. And so therefore, if you have the assumption that Shlichus does a Shlichus for Kiddushin, as that, right, Bryce suggests, don't we, wouldn't we have that assumption also for Gerishin? Says the Gemara, honey, me lechumra, but lekul alo. No, those are two very different things. When we have this chazaka, it means that lechumra will assume he did a shlichus. So in the case of kiddushin, you can't marry anybody else because maybe he married somebody already. 
But for, but to say that he did his bidding for Gershon, now she's mutter to the whole world. That's a kula. You can't assume that kula. It's just too big of a consequence, and so therefore we only go the chumrah, but not the kula. Okay. Okay, so now, so, okay, so we don't believe the husband because his, the only thing he testified was that he gave it to Shliach. We don't believe the Shliach because he's not holding the get. What about the woman herself? We believe her. Any woman who walks in and says that my husband divorced me, she's believed. So why shouldn't she not believed here? Well, she's believed there because the reason she's believed to say he divorced me is because we have an assumption that no woman would come and say that I was divorced when the husband's standing right there and he knows full well whether he divorced her or not. So that gives her great credibility to say that she was divorced. The fact that she has the, the ability to say that in his face, we usually believe her. However, that's only because there should be a document that you should be able to produce, says the Gemara. Honey, mealy, hecha deleka de kamisayale. There's no, nothing supporting her claim. Nobody is there to support her claim. But here, somebody's supporting her claim, right? Her claim is support. The shaliach says he gave it. The husband says he gave it. So even if, right? So certainly, <laughs> the whole idea of her not being able, not having the chutzpah to say in front of her husband goes away because her husband's corroborating what she's saying already, right? Her husband and the shaliach, they're in the rabbi's office. She has nothing to be ashamed of by saying that there was a garrison, even if there wasn't a garrison, because after all, everyone is supporting her. Right there where she has support, she can be as chutzpahdik, so to speak, and brazen as she wants, because there's nobody to, um, there's nobody to contradict her. Okay. So now, uh, the Mishnah continues and says the following. We have a new Mishnah. Naraha morasa as gita. Totally new idea. We talked about Nara Marasa, we learned Ksubas Baruch Hashem. So Nara means that she's no longer a katana, but not yet a bogeras, right? She's like 12 to 12 and a half. And the famous idea, right, that her, she can be Makabal again on her own self behalf, and also her father could as well, right? We know that the status of a katana is that her father's in charge of her condition and garrison. And the status of a gadola is that she's in charge of her kedushin and garrison. And we also learn Maseches Nadarim, right? This has a parallel in Nadarim. When it comes to Nadarim, there's like a little bit of a hybrid situation when it comes to Nara. So Amar Biuda, The Machlokas here, and we mentioned it there as well in Nadarim, especially, is this idea. Can you have two people with the same schuyas? So here it would be the Nara herself and her father. And Rabbi Huda says, no, it can only be one person with authority. We're not splitting authority. We're not going to have this diffusion of responsibility. It's one or the other. And if it's one or the other, it's going to be the father until she grows up and becomes a Bulgaris or has Nisuin, mind you. Right? Marasa means she only had Kiddushin. If she has Nisuin, then her husband is in charge of everything and, her, and, she, and she has her own independence but until then, if she's only Meorasa and she's not yet a Bogaris, uh, it's going to be her father, says Rabbi Huda, that has the authority. Okay? And furthermore, And by the way, if you don't have, right, the emotional and intellectual maturity to take care of her get, then you can't be divorced. So ask the Gemara, but my Kamevilgi. What's Rabbanan says that both the Nara and the husband and the father can accept it. Because he says, Yada Yaseir Zakhila Rahmana. After all, we learned uh, over there in the Dharam and we see it here now as a locus classicus. This is the source over here in the in the in the Chumash, that her husband her father, rather, can accept on her behalf. And the question is, when we say that father can accept it, is it a yada yasera? Is it? Does it mean 
and or, right? Doesn't mean that also the father can accept it, but she, she certainly can. That's what Rabbanon hold. Or, Rabbi Yehuda Savar, Bimkomavia, Yadila, Lav Klumhi. That no, when the Torah says that the husband, the father, rather, can, right, accept on her behalf, so then therefore it means instead of her. He can accept on her behalf, means that all authority is invested in him. So now the two dots. What is this age, right? Um, so that she can already be shamer get. So that's the Bryce is exactly like our Mishnah. The age of Hikitanya What's the age? A minor who can take care of her get and something else. What does it mean? And something else. My comer, what does it even mean? It means that a girl, that if you gave her, take her get away, and instead you gave her a fun book, uh, Green Eggs and Ham, she would say, oh, yeah, 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 this is the same thing. Obviously, she doesn't have any das to understand the difference, so therefore she shouldn't be mitgareshes. Now, it sounds like she should be mitgareshes in that case. So that's what Rav Huna straightens out. If she doesn't know the difference between a get and green eggs and ham, she just says, she doesn't understand anything. Of course she shouldn't be. So there's the Gemara. That's what he meant. That's what it means. If she can differentiate between the two, so then she's old enough to receive a get. If not, then she is not. We have two minutes. We're 14 lines up from the bottom. And the Gemara now talks about the stages of a minor's development. If you, if you discard a stone but take a nut so you know what's good, so that you can be zoche for yourself. But if he borrows an object and returns it when the owner asks her later, he has an even higher thing. He can be zoche for himself and be and give it to others. This is a machlokas here, whether it's the rice or the rabban, machlokas rashi tosfos. Finally, when I said this in front of Rav Shmuel, he says that those two are really one and the same. My David, Dava Achasi, what did he mean? In both cases, even if you know how to hold on to it, you can only acquire it to yourself, but you cannot be makna uh, it to others. So we'll resume tomorrow, Bezat Hashem. Everybody have a happy Rosh Chodesh, so it's a shorter shear today. But we resume tomorrow, eight lines up from the bottom of Samech Dalet, Ahmed Bez.